Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Yes, today we have a very special guest, our very first guest, Bryson Jones. The infamous. The infamous. Bryson Jones. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, bro. We both had the pleasure of knowing for many, many years. Super yeah. great, extremely talented musician. Has performed all over the world with his music and then has uh, now has a company of your own. Tell us about that. North Shore, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I'm from the South, you know, this is not a made up character. Uh, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, so I grew up in the South and, um, and, you know, kind of had the classic, you know, go, you know, go, go West, you know, go to California dream and, uh, and came out here and then re like had a very funny experience of like, uh, coming out here and just sort of being like, oh, wow, this is really maybe not me. And then I found my own version. I love, I love the episode y'all did about, about finding yourself because for me, it was like, yeah, I basically found my own version of, of like the California dream. Right. Um, and, and, and had sort of a weird thing where the way I talk about my progression through my career was that, um, I got to a point where I, I wasn't conscious, but I, I came to a point where I, I, I would not allow myself to succeed. You know, my, my wife, uh, my wife has a great, you know, my wife says, she says, everything you can't, everything you think you can't do, you've already done. And wow. so I was this person that would get pulled into things and then immediately go, no, 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 no. Right. So when I started to get my head together in my mid thirties, uh, I was in the middle of like, what was probably one of my most, one of my most notable, it wasn't financially successful, but like I got to play with like. Keith Richards and Glenn Campbell and, and Steve wow. Earle and Lucinda Williams and all these people that I like idolized. I just would. And I, so I was in this wild sort of circle of people, but I recognized that like, I was not going to allow myself to be successful. So the way that I talked to people about that, and by that point I had started a career in technology and um, which I'd started when I was about 30, you know, like my twenties were just like the classic lost rock and roll craziness. Uh, and then in my thirties, I was like, okay, you should get it together. I think that's for men. I think thirties, a big, in, a big point. And then, um, I started working in technology and film and TV technology and, uh, had and an attitude wait, towards it. Perspective for the uh, guests, you're fifth generation from a farm family. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like my whole family are farmers. Like I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. My dad. Yeah. Oh no. It's a huge thing. The greatest story about that is that, uh, well, a couple things. One, my grandfather, like when he was eight years old, they put their stuff in the, in the depression, they put their stuff on a raft on a river in Arkansas and went down the river with the family. And they got off at a place called oil trough, which is a beautifully named town, not for the, the expensive oil. It was for bear oil. So there was no oil country going to happen. Bear oil. Well, it's like a, they render the fat of bears. Apparently it was like a thing yeah. that they oh. used for like cosmetic. Oh, oh no, it's bear oil, like from like bears, crazy. And so, bear, you know, bear yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. And and so like, and then he got down there and and I think my my dad told me the story this year. He said that uh, he thought he had just made it because he had eight years old, he could get a job for, for like 50 cents a day picking cotton. And so as a child, he picked cotton and then he literally had the American dream all the way to like, you know, being a wealthy man and owning a bunch of land. But yeah, so my whole family are farmers. And then I, the story I tell is he's actually like my oldest friend and we're close to this day, but it just shows you where I came from when I, uh, I was a high achiever in school. So I'd gone to this super fancy college in, in Arkansas uh, and um, I quit. And I said, hey, I'm going to go to Los Angeles and be a musician. And my friend was sitting in the living room of his house with me. And he just, it's so funny because I, I tease him about it. He just goes, how? <laughs> and that's all I said. It wasn't like, hey, man, you know, good luck. You can do it. There was none of that. It was just like, how? It was like I'd said I was going to go to the moon. Right? How, how are you going to do how? this? How are you going to achieve this? How? How are you going to do it? I think it was, it, it pointed out to me as I look at it later that like, it was the idea that you could just get in your car and drive to California was insane. Right. And yeah. Some people don't have that. Yeah. They don't realize. And yeah. 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 So, yeah. So yeah. So that was pretty different. And, and also it was like, 
I think that was really limiting for me. Like I came from a place where you were like farmer, doctor, lawyer, right? You know what I mean? Like that was it, right? And if you didn't do that, you weren't going to be successful in any way. And I think there was a lack of imagination that I, I certainly suffered from too, because then it was like, how could you? So even when I achieved things, you know, I had like a major label record deal when I was like 25. And even then, uh, I love it. I, I went, I went, I moved home. They sent, they like sort of sent me home. Cause they were like, well, you know, you should go back to the South and like write and stuff. And I went back and I remember, um, I had made friends in this, in the town where I'm from. And, 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 uh, I came one day, these two girls that I had was running around with, they came to my house and, uh, I was staying with my mom and I would, I would hub out to different cities. I'd go to Nashville, I'd go to Memphis, I'd go to, and so I was having this really cool kind of interesting time of my life. And my check had come, you know, like they paid me like a monthly, you know, stipend and my check came and it had the Warner Brothers logo on the, on the thing. And it had, you know, Bugs Bunny in the logo and the check came and my mom was like, Hey, you know, your check came for you. And I was like, Oh, cool. And I was like, and I picked it up and they were, they looked at it and they, and it was really funny. They both said, Oh, like, we thought you just made that up. And I and it made me laugh at two things. One that it was one that it was so foreign, but also two that they would just let have let me do that and not busted me. You know what I mean? I, I was like, oh, they were really polite. They just thought, oh yeah, this guy's delusional. Oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought about that. They're like, yeah, sure. You got but a how, record label with Warner Brothers. Yeah. Okay, we like what would you like for dinner tonight? We're just gonna yeah. ignore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, He's yeah, gone they're like, crazy. prove it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. How- but, but I love that they never would. They just were like, okay, we can just yeah. let this guy talk, you know. But, but what's interesting about that, I'll tell you that happened to me, uh, you know, through getting my, like, getting my head together, right? Later, I got, you know, I, I never thought about what losing that, uh, like, I, so I lost my record deal. Uh, after just like a really short time and um, never got to make a record. And, and so, and it was, it was such a part of who I was, right. You know, like you can imagine you're like 25 and you come, I'm going to go to California and make it, you know, and then you get the thing that you think is, you know, success. And then you realize that, Oh, success is just a ladder. You know, like, you know, Richard, you and I have talked about, it's like, it's like success, you do this. And then, and then what, and then what, and then what, and if, if you're, in that climb and you think there's a destination, it can be really devastating. And so for me, I was like, oh, this is a destination or this is at least the step to the, the real like swimming pools, movie stars to use an Arkansas reference. And what was funny about it was that, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, so I, I, they, they, they dropped me from the label. I got the call. I fell down on my knees and I cried. And then, think the next day or the day after I went back and got my job at the music store where I had worked before and was like, you know, Hey, do you want fries with that? Within like two days. And I never thought about it. I never talked about it. I just was like, yeah, that's over. And I never considered the fact of like how, how that could be traumatic. Right. And so, uh, probably, I don't know, years later, probably, I would say probably 15 years later, I, I met, I, I went to a meeting with my former A&R guy who was in a different part of the industry and we were hanging out and he said, I thought I killed you. He said, when I made that phone call, I thought like, I thought I had killed you. And, um, and I, and it, it didn't hit me then. And it took another probably 10 more years. And then I was at an, an event that was at this iconic LA like country club and a venue, not like country fancy, like golf club, but like country music club. And they had had a reunion, right? Yeah. Like different country club. And so I had a reunion and I was outside talking and this is the way I talk about that transition. And so I was outside and a friend of mine who was in the industry and we'd been friends when we were pups, man, when I was like 21, I hung out with him and his buddies, but we didn't like, he didn't know that like I played the kind of music I played. So he was telling me, he's like, I, I don't know how I missed you. And uh, you know, like I really, I, I realize now, like I would have loved your music back then and stuff. And then as you know, as we got older, we, we bonded and knew, you know, got became friendly and stuff. But as he was saying that I said, Oh, well, I was different. I didn't know who I was and I wasn't playing this kind of music and whatever we talked about, talking about that. And I somehow was talking to this one next to him. I, I started surfing uh, as a, at 45, I started surfing, which, I do. Uh, I recommend and I don't recommend, but anyway, it's super hard. Yeah. It's super fun. But like, you have to be just willing to like be comfortable, not 
being great. Like you can't be attached to that, you know, cause that sport is so hard and it's a lifetime sport. But anyway, I was talking to this woman and she was from Ventura. We're talking about surfing. And then she asked me a question about something. I, I guess she asked me when this is key, you know, like when I'd known this guy, something had happened. It came up and I said, well, you know, I said, when you're 25 and a giant corporation destroys your whole life stream, they don't, you know, they don't give you therapy. I said, they just kind of kick you out on the street. And, and that was my flippant way of discussing it. And she looked at me and I mean, I don't know this woman. And she just said, I must've been incredibly painful. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things that just like went through me. And I was like, like, like I have to go home and think about this for a year. You know what I mean? Cause I, I don't know why, but I had never associated that that could be a traumatic event. Right. right. To me, it was just like, Oh, I lo- it was, it's like, I lost a job at McDonald's. It was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I did something else. No, like, no, like, you know, you had built your life up to, to that point to do this thing. And then it was snatched. And, um, and that was, it was interesting. And after that, I was able to have a lot better, uh, a lot, make a lot more peace with art, you know, in a way. And the reason I say that is that uh, just to wrap up a really long telling of this, is that <laughs> no, it's fascinating. that's me. Y'all know me. Um, basically <laughs> I ended up, uh, I ended up, um, I ended up figuring out along the way that I was not going to allow myself to be successful at art for whatever was going on in my brain. Something was implanted in my software that was not going to let me do this. Even when I succeeded, I would, I was famous for shooting myself in the foot in the, in the late eighties. I was known in the industry as this kid who had turned down five major record deals. I just turned down crazy opportunities. I would just no, 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 just refuse flat refuse. I had like, platinum selling bands asked me to like audition and I'd just be like, no. And so, and I realize now that that was fear of success, fear of failure, right? All that stuff, right? It's too big. I'm too small. I can't do that. And if I don't play, they won't find out. And so it took me decades to unpack that. Right. So what really is interesting about the story about my company now and my trajectory in technology is that I became, you know, y'all met me when I was really crazy and getting my stuff together and you got to watch me change. And what you saw was you saw me come to be able to have a, a what I'll call a job, a successful job. And then I was able to have a, a I, I got to where I have a successful marriage, you know, very happily married now, been with, you know, my wife for 15 years and married for well over 10 and, and then now able to have a career which could blossom into success. And, and Richard, you and I talk a lot about like taking that governor off. And so for me, that was the thing that's really interesting is that like, what's the governor? What was that? What's the governor? Just a limiting belief, you know, Ah, a limiting belief of like, I can only go this high, right? You know, I can, I can go up and then there's something in me, nowhere else that stops me. And that's something that I've only recently had a discovery about, but it's interesting because yeah. So now I have a, a, a pretty successful, you know, software company, uh, you know, in a field that is, you know, kind of unlimited and, um, but that's been a, a long struggle for me to, not, not to work hard. Cause I learned to do that from the farmers, right. Not to be smart. Cause I learned to do that to, to get validation, not to be creative, but a struggle to just simply allow. Right. Like that's, that's, you know, so my story is at this point is the thing I now don't succeed. So I get something necessarily. I succeed because part of my gift back to the world is that I need to be a light and I need to show people that you can come from that. And for me, that whole pitch is like, you know, Rich, I, I, you know, you and I talk so much about our stories. My story is not one of like trauma from, from specific things. It's from self-inflicted wounds, right? right. You know, like, you know, the, the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Like the conversations uh-huh. that we have and the limitations we put on ourselves. And then we don't even realize those limitations exist because they're, they were programmed into us. You know, like you just said, you had this belief that, you know, you, you could only hit a limit and, and you could only be that successful. But once you break through that mindset of, I can do anything I put my mind to. And you and I have had this conversation in depth. I mean, just the other day, I mean, but how beautiful to get to that point where you can let that go. And then you start to soar. 
It's well, like you cut the bands, you know what I mean? The the ties no, that yeah. bind to your past. Yes. Yeah, the thing that you just said, anything I can set my mind to. Right. right. My, my problems in my mind. Right. So, right. so, you know, yeah. it wasn't anything I could conceive of because I could conceive of a lot, but I could not set my mind. My, my mind was set here. Right. Not here. Right. And that right. was the idea. Can I get out of my way and, and get out of like my mind's limitations? But yeah, man. So, so yeah. So, I mean, so that's my background uh, now, you know, I can tell you like, um, you know, I'm well known in my industry. I invented several things that made certain types of television possible. You know, I, I worked on Deadliest Catch. I worked on uh, Celebrity Rehab. And I, uh, you know, like invented ways of making television possible at scale that like people hadn't done at a certain like budget. Um, I was able to do that and make a lot of television possible. Um, and now I advise crazy giant companies you know, I work for all most of the big networks that you see on TV and um, and it's fascinating, you know, and I and I and I laugh, you know, I did it looking like a member of Leonard Skinner, which is also kind of fun for me. So, you know, <laughs> ZZ Top. Yeah, yeah, very strong Wait, ZZ Top now. Man. Go back really quick. Let me just ask you a quick question, though. You know, you said it's my mind and, and you were limited in yeah. in your beliefs what, how did you get past that? What did you do to, to, to then feel successful or to allow yourself to step into your own? Yeah. Right. So it's a, it's yeah, a, the governor. It's, as you call it. Yeah. Right. So, well, and you said this, like that you don't realize you have, right. So for me, the way it worked, um, and I, and I am also a big person that's like, I'm not like a, like, for me, I, you know, I got into a 12 step program for codependency because, uh, and for friends and family of alcoholics, I got into that because I was struggling with that, but I'm not somebody who believes that there's one way to an answer. Um, but I do think that like the concept of self-help is, is limited at first because yourself is pretty broken, right? So using the thing that's broken to fix the thing that's broken is really hard. So for me, it was, a, it was a sort of like outside help, right? Could I actually get honest with people? And that for me, like the, a 12 step program helped me with that. So I, I was able to like, okay, get honest. The thing that I was limited though, and this, and this took me, it really took me 20 years to get to it is what you're talking about. There is uh, a limiting belief, which I didn't really understand. And I didn't have a framework for that. My wife, um, my wife is amazing. And she solved a problem about some limiting beliefs herself. And she, she sort of came across this way of like writing and journaling and exercises. And I don't, I really, I journal not a lot. I'm like not a big writer. And so, and, and used to, I just, I couldn't do it at all. And so, you know, I saw that and was like, oh, that's very nice for you. I'm glad that your life has changed and your everything works for you now. But for me, I was like, I'm still here. I'm still going to, I'm going to ride this train for a few more years. And, uh, and I joke about like, you know, that's a sign of a great marriage when your partner will let you just be whatever you are, you know? So, so for me, what it took was, um, was uncovering something. I, I knew this was happening and I had done all these strategies to make it work. So my business was reasonably successful because I'd learned to trick myself and I'd put things in place to help me. But I still had this thing where I knew like, don't trust me, right? I would literally tell people in business, I'd be like, you make that decision because don't trust my brain. I had come, to, I had that awareness, right? And you know, they say, uh, the, all the AA guys say, uh, they say the big, I'd like, say knowledge availed us nothing. So I knew this was a problem. I knew this was a problem for probably close to 20 years. I think, I think if I think back and look at it, probably about 17, 18 years, I knew this was a problem. I couldn't, I was powerless to overcome it. And what happened for me was um, I had an opportunity in my business uh, that we caught a break and we caught a break in technology that was so big that it was like, well, this is, this is mostly inevitable. And um, like any good codependent, I sometimes struggle to do things for myself, but man, I can help anybody else. And I yeah. knew that I wanted to do right by my wife. I wanted to do right by everyone that worked in my company. I wanted, I wanted my company to succeed. And I knew that as the guy, you know, one of the guys running it, I, you know, Corporations are interesting because corporations are just kind of this, but if you have a private company, it really follows the management chain. Like, you know, it has your style. 
for better or worse. And so for me, I realized that if I didn't solve this, I was not just going to deny myself of this opportunity, but everyone around me. This was big enough that this would like life changing for everybody. And so, you know, thank God for that, right? Like, thank God for like that awareness. And then thank God for like caring about, you know, and this, the, it's a, it's a defect, but it's like caring about people more than yourself. You know, although I do love and care for myself now, this was a driver for me. And so I was like, okay. And I started talking to friends. I talked about all these different things. I was, I was looking into psychedelic therapy. I was looking into all these different things. I was like, what am I going to do? Because I knew like what you said, I knew that it was something in me so deep, I didn't understand it and I couldn't voice it. And, um, and I, I had a, a rough day and I, I had worked with my wife on something sort of creative and I felt horrible and I sat down and I actually ended up accidentally, you know, uh, through, through, you know, talking to my wife, I, I uncovered this thing unconsciously. And so, and really what the belief was, is that I realized that I had shame around, um, asking for things, asking for money, asking for help. It was shameful for me. And, you know, I'm not a big person to like blame the people that raised me. Um, you know, like, like I now understand that like everyone's just doing the best they can. And I didn't have like, you know, abuse, like some people had, I had a really, really nice upbringing, but I got some incorrect ideas on the way up and wasn't able to like counteract those, didn't have anybody to run them by, you know? And so one of those bad ideas I got was this idea that it was somehow shameful to ask for money, to ask for support, for ask for things. And I was needless and wantless is a term they use sometimes, you know, like a child just, you know, like, and I don't even know where I got that idea everybody was there and you know like i i never went hungry all that stuff that you know people struggle with but somehow in my brain i got this thing where i you know none for me i have a friend and her license plate says oh no thanks <laughs> and, and i think that's so genius because it has so many meanings right you know what i mean yeah you could be like you could be like you know hey do you want to go no you know hey do you want to go on a date no no thanks you know there's just so many things but that like this motion, if anyone's watching on video, holding my yeah. hands up, that motion is how I describe the limiter, right? Oh no, oh, not for me. Yeah, and, and it's like, I, yeah. people do that too when they're offered something at a party. Would you like something to drink? And they're thirsty, but they don't want to be a burden. Oh no, thanks. Oh. Even though they're like, and then they go, oh God, I'm gonna go drink some water out of the bathroom sink because I'm really thirsty, but I didn't want to be a, you know, a bother. Oh yeah, so, yeah. chew my arm off. Yeah, chew my arm off before I, Oh, sorry, chew my arm off before I put you out. Absolutely right. When yeah, when someone right. wants to do for you, right? Right. Well, I I relate to what you were saying as far as that. Like, where did it come from? You don't even know where it came from. That limitation. My upbringing, same thing. I like I, I couldn't understand or wrap my head around like why do I react the way I do? Why do I limit myself? Why am I not further along? And that crippled me by always saying to myself, why am I not further along? So I thought there was something wrong with me. And then it was like. Well, who am I trying to prove to that I am successful? And then you come from when you come from a, a, a situation where you're only being paid a certain amount to do a certain job and everyone around you is getting paid five times as much. You, you start to think, is there something wrong with me? But or then why are why am I being held down? And you don't even realize you're being held down until you get away from that aspect of it or that environment that is holding you down. Like you went out to California, same thing with, for myself, I broke away from it. And then I realized, wow, I could, I, the sky's the limit. I could do whatever I want, but those limitations were still there. And I still had a hard time. I was talking to Felina the other day about just asking for what I am worth. And that's a big deal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I, I remember your episode and I'll, I'll like, I'll age myself here that I remember I, I worked for less, but I remember getting paychecks where I made $2 and 50 cents an hour. And, yeah. and I, 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 I actively remember that, you know, that and so and all. So yeah, I mean, that's a long way to come to being like, you know, where I am now. I mean, you know, my consulting rate is crazy, you know, and I get, you know, you know, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned around the music. Um, I get flown around the world to speak and consult, you know? And so, and, and that's a, that's a weird thing. But again, I, it, part of my mechanism and this is and actually this does work to a certain point when I started to get somewhat successful 
I would find other people to sell me, right? I would find other people to front the sales part of it. So they would ask what it was worth. And I remember one time uh, a guy was like, okay, I'm going to, I remember there was a job I wanted to do. I didn't want to do. And they were like, okay, you got to go to London for two days. And I was like, man, I don't want to go to London for two days. What a hassle. You know what I mean? Like what a nightmare. Right. And so, but they, but this giant, one of the big fang companies, you know, wanted me to go to London. And so I was like, okay. Uh, I just told the guy that worked for me, I was like, you just work it out. I'll do it. Cause I know we got to do the deal. And he charged like twice as much as I would have charged at the time for my rate. And he made them get me business class, you know, like lie flat airfare. And I was like, and I just remember thinking like, oh. everything for me, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, No, yeah. And I was, and, but I remember thinking like, oh, they're never going to go for that. Right. And then like, they just were like, yeah, of course, because another great lesson, my limitations, right. About what it money is, right. That company one of the literally one of the consistently one of the top five companies in the world. And so they're like, they don't have my hangups about bread. They're like, Hey, this guy needs to go to London. They're like, great. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And you know what I mean? And that was another great lesson there. Like this guy, yeah, we got to get this guy from California to London. Boy, it's going to be a nightmare. You know what? We better let him sleep on the flight. Right. That's yeah, all they thought. And they want yeah, to be and get there. They're like, we need to give him a good night's sleep. So let's get him yeah. a proper plane flight because we want him to be at his best when he arrives. We want him to love us. So we're going to give him the best situation. We're going to yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. be grateful. There's so many reasons, but you're right. We price ourselves out of that stuff. When you don't come from a background where you think that you no. can ask for your worth, or if you come from a place that has no money, like we had zero money. My mom right. was a waitress for Denny's it's well into my teens. Yeah. 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 And you know, then she ended up working for Wells Fargo and changed her, her life. But before that, she was a singer like you, and she was working at Denny's to pay for her stuff. And so we grew up counting coins to take them to the bank with the rolls from her tips. Right. To, to, the, to then realize you can actually get, you know, allow abundance in your, in your life is a big deal. So to have somebody do it for you is pretty awesome. That's one, of the things, you did that. one of the things I realized, uh, you know, just by you uh, mentioning, you know, you turned it over to your, uh, one of your guys that worked for you to say, you handle this, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's been part of my thing as well, you know, especially with construction, you know, I can't do every aspect of the job. Yeah. So I took a backseat, but then I have this mentality of, I, I look at everything as like, you know, building a team six, you know, a SEAL team six, uh, you know, you need a guy to break the door down. You need a sniper, you need, you know, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> when I realized that I don't have to do every single aspect of the job, like you just yeah. said, well, then you get to turn some responsibility over. You build a team. The team works as a unit, and then the unit grows and gets strong. Yeah. yeah. But but you have to like. And then if you but think of this: what if you were like me? You were the person that chose the wrong person every time, right? Like like my history, <laughs> right? My history is I just choose the lower companion always, right? So that's the other thing that's really funny is that if you look at that and you follow the thread, you're like, okay, first you learn to think that you deserve to have good people around you, right? Yeah, people you yeah. can trust. And then, right. you know, then you go, and that's a whole thing too, you know? So it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a whole thing. I, I, I you know, we should remember this. I want to have you back and talk just about that, about how you allow good people in your life. Cause we have a topic we want to drop on you and it's kind of related. Well, so, yeah. Well, so well, I guess we, sh you're laughing. We're going through this whole damn thing. Run, run you drop the topic. Come on. We got the yeah, topic. We bring got, it. We got the topic. But I love that. And that is like a whole episode in and of yeah. itself. Yeah, no. Because that will help our, our uh, listeners so much and us because we love talking about this stuff. Yeah. But yeah, let's talk about the topic. Go for it. All right. So the topic we'd like to know, uh, you've already mentioned Drum roll. this. Drum roll. Yeah. You've already mentioned this a little bit, you know, <laughs> as far as your wife and the relationship you have with your wife. How do you sustain a happy marriage? You know, because I have done it. Well, okay. That's the topic. Yeah, that's the topic. And, and also kind of branching off because you just said your picker was off. And you guys, I know from the beginning. Um, yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to share this part. You had said to a friend, I want somebody like her. And they said, well, yeah. she's single. Why don't you go ask her? <laughs> yeah, Why yeah, right. Like her? So go ahead. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was our friend, Tom, Tom W. Uh, yeah. And so, so yeah, well, so the, the first answer is 
Um, and 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 it's you know I I I don't want to when I when I speak in glowing terms of, about my wife about this stuff, I think that it's like one she had the core concepts that we use every day. She yeah. had those concepts and said them first. But I I give myself credit for saying, okay, like the most transformative thing, the most, yeah, the most transformative thing is how you talk about each other and how you think about each other. Okay. So going, you know, to the right after that period, right. I would always be like self-deprecating humor. Oh, you're going to get sick of me. So she would say, oh, you're great. I love you so much. You're a great guy. And I'd be like, ah. You'll get sick of me. And the first time I did that, she stopped me and was like, hold on. No, don't ever speak about our relationship in negative terms. So oh, keep your joking. Wow. Yes. So we're not allowed. And we have never once spoken in negative terms about our relationship. There's wow. no negativity. Now that doesn't mean we have, we haven't argued and fought. It doesn't mean that we all that. Right. But we do not. So when you talk about maintaining that gratitude, right. The, and I, I talk about this is really funny, like the, the, the married with children, right? The, you know, if you think about, you know, like the, the dad and the mom, you know, it's Katie Seagal. It's like, she's beautiful. She's amazing. And he, yeah. the way he talks about her is like, oh, you know, they all, they all, they all bag or whatever. And that, that's yeah, right. in our culture, that that's what you do. You know, that's Richard and I talk about what? Yeah, that's what's emulated to us. It's yeah, insane. Right. And Richard and I talk about that, that like the way men are like programmed to be men, you say that and you're oh, but that's all like what she would say to me. It was, she was like, she's like, that's all defensiveness. You're, you're like putting someone down. So you're kind of okay if it doesn't work out. Right. right? And so for, for us, it was like, like if you really read up on that stuff, that's what that is. So for us, it was like, okay, no, you can't do that. And um, we, so that's one piece. The second thing is um, we express, and it sounds so hippie, man. Um, it sounds so hippie, but we express our gratitude. We don't, we don't be like, oh, I'm expressing my gratitude for you, but we appreciate each other and we say it. So yeah. we, you know, there's, a, you know, several times a day, I love you you're amazing. You're beautiful. You're smart. When my wife does something that's, you know, that's, uh, you know, to be proud of, I call it out and it, it's weird, but you know, you, you, but well, yeah, it's, I just, it's sadly somewhat unusual, right? It's not weird. It's actually makes sense because you're programming yourself. You know, I, you know, I work for, com you know, we make computer software and computers do what you tell them. You program in the steps to get the yep. outcome that you want. So why would you not program into your life that, right? So there's yeah. that. Um, yeah. We we use the, you know, we, uh, you know, we, if you look at like, if you look at the 12 steps of any of the 12 step programs, it's like the steps are about, you know, they say it's about, you know, your relationship with yourself and the traditions, which there's also 12 traditions. That's about how you live in groups. So we have a lot of the traditions in our relationship because we're both kind of 12 steppy people. So even if you don't like go to those meetings, um, you know, it's like you can read those traditions and understand that they talk about how to deal with each other. Um, there's a great book. Uh, there's a woman called not, it's really funny. Her name is Pia Melody, not Melody Beatty. I does this. Her name's Pia Melody. She wrote three or four books. She has a book that's for couples. That's called the intimacy factor. And it, it says, um, her best definition of intimacy is sharing your honest reality with someone, having them share their honest reality with you and neither of you trying to change the other. And that's it, but that's, you know, no, but right. But, but that's a tall order because right. But, you know, like, you know, so Richard, yeah. Richard paid. So always, so Richard was friends with my wife and was friends with me. So when we got together, he's probably closer actually to my wife and Richard fulfilled a huge duty for us. Uh, I am a perfectionist. My wife is not. That's why she can do more art and, you know, than me yeah. and, and is more productive than me. But when we went to hang pictures, I can't hang a picture because if that picture is not exactly level, I go crazy and, and lined up. So she just wanted pictures on the wall. And it's the only thing we would ever consistently argue about. 
And she was like, I'm calling Richard. He's going to help me hang the pictures. I, I can allow that, right? It's like, you know what? Yeah, do that, right? Do that. Please do that with Richard because I can't do it with you. So that yeah. sort of idea of, right? Well, make make no knowing mistakes. Your, knowing your limitations and your strengths. And make no mistakes. I put a level on every one of those for you, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that's, that was also helpful because I know. But yeah. You know, you know, I wanted to share. <laughs> so those are things there. Uh, but then, yeah, let's think about it. What else? Um, I wanted to share something about that you just brought up. Please. You said where you do something where they express their honesty, they, the other express their honesty, and they don't try to change each other. My mom and my dad, actually my, my stepdad, but raised me since I was three, he was an atheist and she was Catholic. And they never fought about it because they never tried to change the other. And it was really brilliant. So we went to CCD school and stuff like that, catechism, and did all that stuff. And he didn't have any problem with it. He never tried to change. And, and it's, that's, if, if people could do that with everything, it's harmony. Oh, no, it's a, it's a lesson for life, right? If yeah. you look at it, you know, uh, you know, uh, I, I have a lot of, you know, I come from the deep South. I have a ton of friends who are, you know, my wife's spirituality is completely different than mine. Like, you know, there's overlap, but completely, you're pretty different. Uh, I have friends of mine that, you know, believe differently about almost everything than I do, but, right. but we have a common thing and so we can get along right you know like i surf with people that if we probably weren't talking about surfing and surfing together we might not get along we might get in all kinds of fights and arguments but we're here to surf and we like surfing and we're here there and and so what's great is that if yeah if you don't need to fit the whole world to your position right um right. you know like that's you know that's a big deal yeah but but that's a big one um then, then taking that intimacy. So, uh, the work that I do with other guys allows me to have, and, and, and with myself allows me to have really hard conversations and, and, and dig into things I don't want to say like this move with the hands doesn't just mean like, don't let things come to me, but also like, Oh, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to admit that all that, but as you can break through that shame, and if you can just get used to saying that, if you can just get you saying like, this is shameful for me, um, you know, like people, you know, you know, maintaining romantic, you know, can maintain the romance, maintaining intimacy, physical intimacy is a nightmare. We joke. It's like, well, there's nothing less sexy than having sex with someone that really knows you. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, like, you know, and it's, you think of it, you're like, oh yeah, like you know, like you know, you're like, oh, you want to make out with you know some rando, uh, you know, outside the bathroom at a club, or you know, or be married to somebody for 25 years, which is harder, right? You know, and so, um, and so you have to be able to like build a conversation, right? And most people, like even this conversation about it, like it's really weird to say that, but you have to be willing. And I'm, I knew these people, um. And I knew people like in recovery, people have been together a long time and they just could talk about anything. And that's really, really key. And, and it's okay to be weird. You're like, uh, every few years I have to, <laughs> it's so funny as I say it, it's seeing me now, every few years I have to rethink what I look like. Yeah, there's nothing worse than a guy that's like 70 years old and he's dressing like he's 25 years old. Right. And, and he's never looked at like what he wants to look like over time. And right. so for me, every few years, I'm, I have to, I talk to my wife. I'm like, how do I look right? Like, is this silly? You know, does this, does this work for you? Does it work in the world? You know? And, um, but I'm so grateful for that, you know, to be like, yeah, maybe, maybe don't do that or maybe do that. Or, you know, and so well, the, but, the, the commute, like along with what you're saying, the communication is key, you know, feeling safe in a relationship. So you can ask that then also the communication. But then I think, you know, to dig a little deeper, like you said, you know, when we have these conversations, like when I have these conversations with you about relationships and stuff, I think we need to recognize also that, you know, we have to hold space for one another, meaning in a relationship, because we all come from yeah. our programming. We all come from whatever you know, again, my language, whatever trauma you've been through, whatever limitations were put on you or expressed to you about relationships. So now you come together with someone else who has their own beliefs and limitations. And now you're supposed to get together and just have this healthy situation relationship. But then when things come up, you, you need to not only 
be able to express those things to your partner that I'm having fear around this or shame around this, like you express, but then also for your partner to say, or hold space for you and listen like you did with her and say, oh yeah, you know what? And then there's the breakthrough. There's the breakthrough when you can come together and be able to come full circle, like we said, reason things out with someone and and, and come to a, a positive conclusion, not you know, I tell you something and you tell me, well, you know, you should just stop thinking that way and you'd be better off. Well, no, now you just shame me. And now I go away with that shoulda, coulda, woulda attitude, which in my opinion are obstacles. Shoulda, coulda, woulda needs to be removed from your vocabulary in order to, I think, have a healthy relationship with yourself as well as another person. Yeah. Well, and so, and I should say, and this is really funny, uh, recently I, I was speaking at an event and my wife was there and we were laughing because like, when I say this to what you're saying about holding space, I'm horrible at that. So like, it's really funny. I mean, I'm really bad at it. And so for me, it takes a couple of tries before I can do that at best. And she's great at it. Like, she, and I joke that like, she'll let me, you know, have some wacky idea or, or some bad idea. Let's say, you know, let's say less than functional idea for a long time. And what's required of that is a sense that you're okay, right? That you're okay and you're going to be okay. If not, because you won't always get along. You know, um, we had to learn to argue. I don't argue fair. I don't fight fair. And I didn't understand that until, and this is so, this is, this is all impossible if you don't individually work on your, on yourselves, right? right. If, you, if right. you don't have self-awareness, all you're going to do is go, no, I don't. Right. The defensive. Right. No, no, I don't do that. And right. so when we started, like we, we first got in fights, I have this really like horrible, like just beat on myself. And I just, I, I did this really weird thing where I go to this really dark place of just self-loathing and it makes me fight in a really weird way. Like argue when I say that, I mean, argue. And, and, um, and she pointed out that I don't, you know, that I didn't argue fair. And that I wouldn't just stay focused on what was being discussed and that I would do some weird, like strange, you know, thing. And, um, and she was right. You know, I didn't want to hear it. I know I probably argued in that moment to say no. And, but, but then I can go and, you know, call my team of people and spill and have someone else that I'm not as attached to talk to me about it. Yes. I talk about it till I go, Oh yeah. Okay. You're right. And then go back. I'm sorry, but that's what you're talking about. That space. Um, I talk about spiraling upward in relationships, right? You, everybody talks about spiraling downward. I did this and then she got mad and did this and that, and then I got mad about that. And then that hurt my feelings and I hurt her feelings. And we just, you just t -t 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 to the bottom, right? If one of you can stop that. Yes. And it, either one of you and be like, I'm not, maybe she didn't mean that. Maybe he didn't mean that. Maybe they're just having a minute. Maybe they're just hungry. Maybe whatever. But if you have bad ideas about yourself, right? Uh, if you feel shitty about yourself physically and someone doesn't want to have sex with you, all of a sudden you're tanked. Oh my God, I'm not sexy and, it was, and it's over. Yep. How about somebody can ha fucking be sick to their stomach? whatever, right? How about somebody had a rough day at work? How about yeah. that? Maybe not, you're not a piece of shit, but yeah. everybody, not everybody, but, but people with low self-esteem, they're the problem. And, and that's, so that's that, right? To the bottom, pachinko machine. And so for me, like that ability to stop for a minute and be like, wait, hold on, walk out of the room, you know, call a friend, do something else, get yourself back and go back and go, okay, Right. Or not, or just let it be there for a minute. Right. And then, and then it's okay. That kind of stuff we don't get taught. Right. You know, so one of my resentments against music and one of my difficulties is that all my music was so crazy codependent. <laughs> all my music was predicated. What's that? In the lyrics or the teams? Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> My life, right? Yes. All of, Just all of the above. Unbelievable, <laughs> right? And so it was like, oh, well, if I don't have some, you know, like, like if you look at, like, if you look at pop, 
culture in general. There are ideas about things that are just patently wrong. I mean, you know, go back hundreds of years, Romeo and Juliet. Oh it's great. God. They kill each other. They kill themselves. You're, you're like, wait, <laughs> they kill themselves. That's <laughs> great. So you, like, oh, how is this oh, oh, affair? This yeah. is the worst, most tragic thing ever, but it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's so awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but it's like, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, like Romeo and Juliet. No, no, no. But you got, so you got to go back like, you know, like a thousand, you know, it, it was, I didn't want to say that because if you go back a thousand years, it's worse because there's no such thing as like an actual relationship. As my, by the way, I just want to say to everyone, you can like call me right when me come up on the street, but you cannot tell me that the good old days were better because Why? Because I was just trying to say, like, oh, maybe a thousand years ago. No, a thousand years ago, men owned women. Yeah, it was right. insane, insane. You're like, you're like, no, it was not okay. Yeah, and they weren't allowed to have an opinion or a voice. So, right, I mean, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah right, yeah. So, yeah, so, so I would say though, for me, that was that was a problem though. Oh, sorry, we're simply. But we weren't allowed to have land or own it, or we weren't allowed to own land or have a job, and also people owned people. Yeah, that was. Oh, oh. Literally, <laughs> I, only, I have got, it's a whole thing, you know. Yeah. Nothing, no, no, it's not. We've come so far, yeah, in relationships, but mm -hmm. you know, especially with what you're saying in marriage and relationships, if you don't come to the table 100%, there, there is no such thing as 50 50. Each person has to do the work on themselves in order to be authentic enough to not only come to the relationship, but to be authentic enough and look at yourself. Like you said, you, you take a break, you step away, you call a, a friend, one of your guys on the team and say, Hey, you know what? This just happened. I had this conversation. This is how I'm feeling. And then you get a different perspective. And somebody has said, well, from looking from the outside in, you know, maybe you need to make an amends or maybe you need to look at this because I see a pattern here as well. And I love you. I'm your friend and I'm not married to you. So I get to say, hey, you know what? You might want to take a look at this, you know. Yeah, no, it is. Me too, because you want to have, we want to be, because you said earlier, you don't say anything bad about the relationship. So it's not like some people go to the people, they, I had the fight, look what they did. You're talking about bringing it to people who you trust with to help you to see things clearly. And it's not that you're talking bad about it as some, you know, listeners might be like, well, you know, but he just said, no, we're, we're talking about bringing it to people who can help you get right-sized yeah. and think in perspective and 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 bounce it off with who also respect your wife and you and the marriage. And then you go, okay, because there's a lot of people who go to friends who are like just going to sit there and co-sign their bullshit. You don't want that. You know, yeah, like, and then you get those guys, of course, that you know say, oh, yeah, you should, you should say this or you should do this. Dumper. It's like misery loves company. Yeah, go have an affair, dude. Go have an show affair, her. her. Yeah, no, dumbass. That's not why I'm <laughs> no, calling No, no, no. That's not why. I did not call you for that. <laughs> well, I think it's really important, like we said, to reason things out, but also to have a healthy network. Yeah, that's of, what I mean. There's the thing. The key is having a healthy network of individuals, male and female, because I have, like, I got you, I call you with some pretty hard stuff and you and I reason stuff out. I have another female uh, friend who's, you know, just, I reason things out and she holds me accountable. And when I come to her and I say, oh, this happened or that happened, she's like, why are you even talking about this anymore? Why are you still telling this story? What does it have to do with you and how is it serving you? You know, my, how is it serving you? Is a great question. Yeah. How is this? I've had that question presented to me. What are you getting out of this? And I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? I'm telling you something that just happened. Yeah, but you must be getting that. You must be getting something out of it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be so, you know, engaged yeah, in it. So you know. Yeah. No, man. That, no, it's a big thing. I should also point out, by the way, that yes, I, I talk too much, but also there's a delay. So just so you guys know, we're having a little bit of that CNN thing where I'm like. Oh, no, hey. I, saw that. I saw that you were pausing and, and hearing it. Yeah, yeah. Not talk too much. <laughs> but oh. So, uh, so, so <laughs> going to that though, there's a very weird, interesting thing in that too, that I found that was like, um, is that this idea that, um, you know, I, 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 in, when we got married in my wife's vows, we wrote our own vows and they were individual and in her vows, she says, your patient love has healed me. And, and what she meant by that was not like I fixed her, but that I was able to, to just be 
fully self-standing. Something I, I talk about all the time, and and uh, and I did a bunch of relationship work years ago that allowed me to to do this. And in in one of Pia Melody's books, she talks about like this idea, and I don't know if the image is hers or if it's mine. I don't know, but it, but I got the idea from her, and that is is that you. You think of two people and they're leaning on each other. Like if you were holding each other's shoulders and leaning over, if one of them crumbles, you both fall. So the idea right. is to be standing upright on your own and then you can get as close as you need to or want to. And then if someone has to move away or whatever, you can. And and uh, the reason that's important is that people get sick. You have family problems. People die. You ha- You cannot live in this triangle. Because sometimes you can't both stand up and someone's got to be there to pick the other one up or to carry the load. And that idea that, oh, I'll die without you, right? That's a really heavy thing. And that, that's part of that pop culture thing I was saying, right? Well, I'll die without you. I, I live every day knowing, 100% certain, and, and it'll, it, it reassures me that if I were to die or leave for any reason, my wife would be okay. It's not what she wants. It's not what I want, but she's okay. And I got taught early on. I didn't observe it for the first like 30 something years of my life, but early on, a guy that had a really good marriage, in my opinion, told me older guy. And he said, you know, my wife doesn't need me. I don't need, you know, we don't need each other to like survive. And, and that's a key thing because then there's freedom for the other person. Right. And so I will say that that's a big thing about, being self, you know, like what you were talking about, you know, Richard is basically being, you know, self, you know, self-supporting unto yourself. And then you can, you can choose to be together. Right. That's a beautiful thing. And in every, in every aspect, it's not just the relationship or the emotional, it's got to be emotional, physical, spiritual, and financial. If you're, if your four pillars are strong, well, then you build a foundation not only for yourself so you could stand alone, but then you get to be in a relationship and support that relationship. And without support of one another and without holding space for one another, it's it's lost. It, the, the relationship is lost. Yeah. I, I'll give you another one that I learned along the way that I did badly, uh, that I do better now. But for men particularly, I cannot speak for women not being one. But I will speak for men, in my experience, it is a challenge to be with someone who is far more successful than yourself. Absolutely. And, and, and so I really blew up a relationship and had to you know, make an amends to a woman who, who made, at the time, probably four times what I made. And I was not comfortable living life at her level. Again, go back to can't receive, can't can't oh it's shameful to ask for anything so we lived at my level when she was making four times what i made how annoying is that right so now my joke is that you know my wife my wife among other things my wife acts and one of my jokes is that i'm so ready to be the guy on the red carpet holding the purse i don't know if you ever watch like the oscars yeah, or- yeah, yeah. <laughs> like husband yes yes she's not famous nobody cares yeah, yeah, I'm so ready to be just like holding the purse over on the corner, like waiting. <laughs> so we we have a photo. We have a photo on social media. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah, my tiny purse. Yeah, it's a little bar. Yeah, it's yeah, like a little the, food bar. Those not watching, he picked up a little tiny bar and held it up like a purse. It's hilarious. Yeah, no, but so, and we have a photo on social media. Uh, we were at the Academy. Uh, and not at the Oscars, but at the Academy offices, and they have a giant Oscar. And we have a photo where it's Annalise standing by the Oscar, Oscar getting a picture made, and I'm off to the side holding her purse. And it's like my favorite photo ever. Yeah, I but I mean, it. but but being able to deal with that is a weird, you know, like there's like again the ego stuff. You know, I, I joke. It's like no nobody wants to hear men cry about how hard it is to be a man. But but we got, you know, like we got a lot of really weird programming, you know. So I I, I appreciate you, Richard, a lot. You know, um, you know, I appreciate both of y'all for doing this. This is this is a good, you know, a really good thing. And it's good that you have. I, I laugh, man. It's hard to have more pure, uncut male energy than Richard. So I appreciate that you have a female host. <laughs> well, I, you know, funny you say that about the holding the person stuff. I, I said a long time ago. 
man, if I met, and this is not to downplay men or downplay myself as far as, because I got more drive and, you know, I've worked three jobs a while and I still will until the rest of my, but my point is if I had a wife, I always said I would be a stay home GI Joe dad for sure. And I'll, I'll mow the lawn. I'll do the laundry. I'll do, you go out and get after it. I'll take care of the kids, the pets, whatever you need me to do. But I will get after that shit like a, like a Navy SEAL, you know. But, yeah. But, but, here, now, but here's a question. It's a very interesting <laughs> question, though. You're, you're a successful man. By any measure, you've, you're right. successful. Could you do that if you weren't, right? And that's the thing for me, right? Yeah, I, I know I, Right. You see what I'm saying? So for me, I know now it would be easier for two things. One, that I've had some success, you know, regardless of if that should validate me or not. It it does. It's our culture. Um, But I've also done this work. I'm curious now if I could have just done the work, you know, and just been like, cool, stay at home husband. Right. I don't know. I got to say, if I'm honest with myself, I don't know. And so yeah. it's, it's fascinating. I will say that, that it is easier and I understand it, you know, but it also allows you to then man, it allows you really to root for that other person. You talk about the talking positively, right? Yeah. No one wants my wife to succeed more than I do. Cause I'm not scared. She's going to leave me. I'm not scared that, you know, that, that, you know, somehow, you know, I, I'll be replaced, right? I'm not scared that my only value to her is whether I pay the bills, right? Because we, we're together no matter what. The freedom to, to be able to be, uh, to fail, freedom to be unsexy sometimes. I mean, I know that's hard looking at me, but sometimes I'm not sexy. The freedom to get old, right? The freedom to age, right? You know, yeah. The freedom, you know, the freedom to get sick, right? The, for that, that's the thing that like, that you, it's what you're looking for, right? And, um, you know, and, and, you know, and, and, and yeah, and do, like, let's wrap it on this is that I, my wife, um, in my process of like, like trying to figure out how to have a relationship, I became willing to go out with people that I wasn't necessarily attracted to. And the reason that I did that was that I wanted to understand that maybe what I was attracted to was not the best thing for me. Maybe there was something programmed into me that was wrong. And so, it was like, well, let me go out with some just people that I normally wouldn't go out with. And, and I was willing to do that. And I always tell people, I usually say it in a really coarse way and people get really like, like, like mad about it. And so I just say now, it's like, be willing to go out with somebody that you may be wouldn't normally pick one, because right. I met some outrageously amazing women. And, uh, and even if it didn't click, it was like, I was able to see, oh, um, but, you know, but then the, the trick that happened to me is that, you know, my wife is beautiful. She's amazing. And, 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 but yeah, at this point I would left to my own devices. I was not going to ask her out. And again, I had that friend and I did, yeah. that is a true story. I called my friend and he was, we were trying to figure out, you know, what, it, and really I tell people like, if you want to succeed at anything, try to get as clear as you can about what you want. You right. can't go anywhere. If you got in the car, you have to know, I want to go to the grocery store. Otherwise you will just drive around randomly and you might pass a grocery store, but you will not necessarily guarantee. But I can promise if you get in the car and say, I'm going to Kroger, I will get groceries. And so for yeah. me, it was like, yeah, you know what? So what do I want? And, and I, yeah, I was saying that. And I knew that we had been friends. She and I had been friends and we both had broken up with people. And it was like, yeah, her. And it was like, he had, again, like, he, like with my friend in Arkansas, I was like, he had said, Hey man, you should just go to the moon. Right. But I gritted my teeth and I asked her out and, you know, and then, you know, one step, you know, one small step at a time, you know, and, and also I never lied to her about who I was. Right. I understood who I was as best I could. And I didn't put on a show, you know, and, and, and so then the trick is you can't fool yourself that if all this went away, she wouldn't like me. I never made up some story about who I was, right? You know, I joke. It's like I took her on a date in my 85 Volvo. Um, fairly soon, she knew my financial situation, good or bad. It was not great then. But there was, but I, but I was open and honest with her about who I was. And she was like, yeah, that's, you know, that's it. I'll tell you something interesting too. Uh, so, you know, my, I come from not only farmers, but, you know, rodeo cowboys. My dad was, a, what? A, is a, my dad's an amazing cowboy. My nephews are, are pro rodeo. 
One of them's on the pro bull riding tour right now. And one of them's on a college rodeo team. So yeah, so I come from like, yeah, no, those belt buckles are not like actually the next time you see me, the belt buckle I'm wearing is actually from my nephew. They, they loan them to me. And then I have my dad's trophy buckle from 1962. But, but so my wife had written, um, she had a vision board and it had on it a dress that she ended up having a wedding dress that looked like that. It had a ring that looks almost identical in size and design to what she has. And it had, uh, you know, a, a log cabin, which we haven't gotten yet, but we do have a cabin in the desert. And then on it, a big headline, it says the last cowboy in town. And she was prepared to move to Texas and was, she bought a house in Texas and was going to go to Texas and, you know, go try to meet somebody. And we got together. And so we both, you know, had this idea of what we wanted and it lined up. I remember your wedding. I remember being at your wedding. It was awesome. Dude, I can't even tell you how proud I am of you. You know, I mean, you and I go back a long way, a long, long way. And man, to see the transformation, to see where you were then and and where you are now. I mean, it, it just warms my heart. And I'm just, I can't even express my gratitude for you being my friend, being a stand-up man, you got your lights on, bro. And you said that to me. You like I like to be around guys who have their lights on and and you do. I'm I'm extremely proud of you, bro. I'm glad to thank say you. I'm your friend. You're my thank friend. You, thank you. Thank you. Right on. Yeah. This was thank this was so awesome. much for having me. This is super fun. You know, I just yeah. keep doing it. We you know, to you know, just keep doing it. We have to we have to you know, you got to spread better messages, right? We came up with some yeah. really bad programming. So you too. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you for you, being here with us. All right, bro. Thanks. Peace. You're fantastic. Hey Bye. Now. <laughs>